Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news with us today. Happy to have him back, Marshall Gunter, CEO of Data Matrix, trades on the TSX Venture and the stock symbol DM on the US OTCQB, DTMXF. That's the first time we're saying that symbol in these interviews and for our friends in Europe under D4G. For those who are new to the story, Datametrics AI has the rare benefit uh, that most small cap companies only dream of, two successful independent divisions that are each capable of being company makers. The first division is their AI-driven social media monitoring and discovery uh, product. Clients there include Canadian federal government, Health Canada, United States Air Force, even South Korean conglomerate Latte, multi-billion dollar conglomerate. The other division is their COVID-19 test kit distribution business, and unlike a lot of companies that use that as a buzzword to try and capitalize on some short-term you know, promotion, uh, Data Matrix, because of their security clearances, both Canada and South Korea, was able to capitalize when the Canadian government came knocking, asking for assistance for the important distribution of COVID-19 test kits, and Data Matrix ran with it, signing several big uh, testing agreements with mining companies, television, film industry, all over the place. That translated, that translated into their full year numbers, revenue, $12.4 million, up 264%. Cash balance, $1.97 million, up 1,540%. Marshall, let's talk about it. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, George. Glad to be back. You should be glad to be back. Uh, you're busting records on revenue. You're busting re re records on cash balance. Before we get into the numbers, uh, safe to say that this is a trans, an understatement that this is a transformative year for the company. How big do you see it as being for Data Matrix this year? Well, this is our turnaround year. I mean, that's definitive. So, um, you know, for those of you unfamiliar with me, I took over um, not quite last year, but just before. And then when we had to put our financials out, we had, I don't know, $115,000 in the bank, something like that at the end of the year, and we're struggling to survive. Um, so we took over, we refocused, and we got moving. We, you know, we, we got rid of all the fat, we did some trimming down, we put our, you know, um, we bet on the AI, and it paid off. So right now, as of now, you know, coming from, you know, $100,000 in the bank, we've got almost $2 million in the bank at the end of Q4. Um, there's a lot more actually in there now. We'll be able to talk about that when Q1 numbers come out. Uh, we've turned the, the business around completely. As you stated, we have several, you know, two successful divisions and revenue is growing at an incredible rate. And we're putting cash in the bank. Uh, we feel much better. We're in a way better position to operate than we ever were. You know, we're here. We're here for the long haul now. So over the past year, that the moves we've made and executed on have made that possible. Hey, and what is uh, one more question for the numbers? What does a year like this do for the long-term growth of the company? Because money begets money, right? Success begets success. And when you're kind of stuck in and just fighting and grinding, you're grinding growth. But now you guys have got revenue, top, great top line growth, great cash balances. What does this do as setting the table for just doing what you want to do and, and, and kick in your growth plans? Well, this allows us to really move forward at a much greater pace than we were. So, you know, a year ago, like I was talking about, 
you know, your focus is on, let's just get some money in, you know, can we keep the doors open? That's all you have time to think about. But now, you know, now that we have the staff in place, we have, you know, a great board in place now, we have all the support systems in place we need, we have the cash balances we need, we can really focus on the future of the company, you know, look at things, you know, what are we going to do over the next two years? What are we going to do over the next five years? How are we going to plan that? How are we going to put ourselves in a position to really bring value to our, our shareholders over the next few years without having to struggle on those day-to-day -day things like how am I going to pay the bills or how am I going to yeah. keep the lights yeah. open? How, how am I going to pay the staff next week? You know? um, it's a way, way different mentality. And over the course of the past year, you know, we've done that. We've put the people in place to run these businesses. We've acquired the talent we need to get moving. And the numbers are starting to show that, you know, we have the money in the bank. We've got all the, you know, the senior uh, people in place. We totally redid the board. And now you know, we are going to start using all of this success to funnel back into our core business, our AI business, just as like we've been talking about all along. And you're going to start seeing a lot of this uh, moving forward about the direction we're going with the artificial intelligence combined with our knowledge in the health field that we've obtained over the past year with the COVID business. Well, let's talk about the two lines of business because you just ended with the COVID business. So the COVID-19 test kits business, February, 2020, that wasn't even on the radar, wasn't even a business. And now you, you brought in $8.3 million ballpark uh, in revenue for fiscal year 2020, basically from March till December, that's what you brought in. Is this an indication first of how well you guys are able to execute? Because even though it was kind of handed to you, you still have to execute. Most companies would have got overwhelmed, not know what to do with the opportunity. What does it say about the kind of brains and operation you guys have there to actually execute that so well? Well, one of the things it does says is we know what we don't know. Now, let me explain that real quick. Because nobody here, when this started, was in pharmaceutical imports or the medical field. So we had to go out and figure out who we need to contact and who we need to bring on board in order to bring this expertise in. And that's what we did, okay? And then as we went, we learned the field, we learned how to maneuver, we learned how to you know, do that business while bringing that talent on board. And now we have you know, a large group of say medical personnel with like Dr. Sharif who's our chief medical officer and everybody who works at Concierge Medical who've been doing this type of work for years that have allowed us to accelerate that business. Uh, and speaking of acceleration, let me speak to that just a minute in the COVID business. You know, we started out, um, like you said, we got um, the Canadian embassy said, can you help obtain these materials from South Korea? We said, sure. And we started on that path, you know, beginning of the summer uh, last year, just prior to that about May. And we started growing and we had a few sales here and there, but as we grew into it, we realized there were a lot of other verticals that were there. And what really started picking up was television and film. And that started picking up right around October of this year. And we signed our first big contracts there at the end of October. And since then, that growth is going like this. Um, so we saw that, you know, we saw it starting at the end of Q4, but that growth has continued into Q1, like, like that. Well, just that screen pro, just that signing of screen pro, I know it's Q1, not in fiscal year 2020, but I mean, just that alone was a monster deal, one shot. Yeah, absolutely. No, screen pro allows us a lot more flexibility and being partnered with them 
allows us to get around a lot of the restrictions that were um, placed on data metrics by the TSX in order not to trigger change of business. Uh, but it does allow us to go out and reach out to more groups. Um, as of right now, if you look at the television and film business, you go list like, I don't know, the top five who are in the world of media, we're working with them. I mean, it's, it's up there. Wow. Um, let me ask you, let, let me ask you a question there. Um, you can't blame investors though, or anybody, if they start thinking, Hey, vaccinations are starting to come out. They're starting to roll. Um, what's your response there? Is the business still accelerating or is it going to slow down now because people feel as if, you know, they've, uh, or, or you know, companies in film, film feels like we don't need to test anymore. We got vaccinations coming. Uh, I, no, it's accelerating. There, nobody is backing off on that. And you're, you know, when the Q1 numbers come out, you're going to see that acceleration. Uh, it has not stopped, nor does it sh uh, show any signs of stopping. That being said, there is an end to the COVID business. We all know that, all right? It's coming at some point in time, which is why you're seeing us, and you've seen a few press releases over the past um, you know, few months, like some LOIs that have come out with us looking into um, other artificial intelligence companies and stuff, that we are doing exactly what I said we were gonna do all along and use the COVID business to bolster our core. And our core is our artificial intelligence business. Now, one thing that we have learned along the way is we've learned a lot around the health industry, and we've learned a lot around what can be done if we combine our expertise from both the artificial intelligence in, in, that we have been working with, with the U.S. government, Canadian government, Samsung, Latte, and put that knowledge and put that expertise into the health field. So we are dramatically exploring that opportunity right now. And you're going to see some things coming out shortly um, around how we're doing that and how we're taking this money and bolstering our core and making sure that data metrics is on a solid foundation to continue forward for you know, the foreseeable future. Uh, I want to hop onto the AI for a second, but I just want to end off on the COVID-19 because maybe we might, dis we might disagree with each other here. And that's good because we want to make these real probative. Uh, we know the COVID-19 test business at some point going to come to an end, but personally, I don't see that happening in 2021. Uh, I, I, I still think it's going to go strong because we're not going to get 100% vaccinations. We still, you know, big business isn't going to take a chance. Big film, big mining companies, I don't think going to take a chance on having any breakouts of people who aren't vaccinated, so on and so forth. Am I reading that wrong? Do you think it's going to come to an end sooner or do you think it still stays strong in 2020? and then maybe starts to taper off in you know, 2022? Well, right now we still see it staying strong. So nobody's well, at this point backing off. They're actually accelerating their testing. I thought so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the reason is and because what the companies and you know, the medical field have learned over the past year is when you have an outbreak, it just goes like wildfire. So no, it's not worth it if you're say a film company who's doing 150 million dollar production right um, to slack off on your testing because every day that you get shut down it costs you you know millions of dollars a day just to be closed you're not doing any work um, and you know testing doesn't cost millions of dollars a day it, you know, it costs a fraction of that amount so why not test that being said there's also a lot of uncertainty in the field we're not sure about how the vaccines are going to react we're not sure about you know any variants we're not sure um, you know how all of this is going to play out normal vaccinations 
uh, go through like a six to 10 year approval period. So they do know how all this stuff plays out before they approve it. With COVID, we're jumping in, you know, head first, right off into the deep end. Uh, I, I just want to make sure we clarified that because I didn't want people at home thinking, okay, the COVID-19 test kit business is winding down pretty soon. I, I still see a long runway. You still see it. Great. You know, uh, let's keep that going. Um, on the AI side, going back to that now, you did $4.1 million in revenue. That's about an 18% increase, which normally isn't the the growth rate for a, for a tech company. But I'm going to presume there, uh, Marshall, that you guys put a lot of focus onto the COVID side for good reason. You, you brought in $8.3 million there. So it's not a case of the AI side uh, has any growth issues. Is it more just a case of you guys are so focused on this brand new revenue stream, they just had to capitalize there? Well, it's a little bit of both. So we had to, we had a lot to putting together the COVID business, which has proved very fruitful. Uh, so there was a lot of emphasis there on the AI side of things. You know, during the year, you've seen we brought in um, several big contracts with large, you know, corporations. We're like, we got the renewals with Latte. Um, we got the new multi-million-dollar contract with Samsung, which is great. So now we have these, you know, these companies in the fold, so to speak, and we're continuing to expand business with them. Where we did see some slowdown was on. Um, the public front. So there was a lot of trepidation about spending some money into, you know, R&D or A&I from, you know, governments worldwide. So we've seen that. We have been Makes given sense. the indications. Yeah. So we've been given the indications now that those programs are going to be uh, re, you know, turned back on and we're, you know, continually in talks with both the U.S. and the Canadian government. And we'll be meeting, we have been meeting with them over the past week. And this will continue over the next couple of weeks as they are starting to see an end to the say trepidation as, as far as budgets are concerned with COVID. So the AI has not stopped. In fact, we're moving it into a couple, like I said, some more verticals and things we're looking at. It's still going. It's still it's still increasing. And I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty, I'm proud of the group for actually accelerating that growth despite the pandemic yep. and despite, yep. you know, um, the, our core business at that point focus completely on government business, which all, you know, with the pandemic kind of ground to a halt for about a year right now. But despite that, they're able to go out and grab these large contracts with the private industry, you know, Samsung and the like, and that's still going. So as this lifts or as these veils lift, this is only going to just, just take off. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, the net loss uh, in the announcement, which is somewhere around $4.9 million. Uh, and that's a 78% increase from my, my, my calculation over the year before. How do you account for that, given the fact the year went so well uh, on, on biz dev for both, both parts of the business, both parts of the company? So let's talk about accounting versus bank accounts. <laughs> so with the net loss, this is a lot of cashless items that are in the loss. So we had a lot of rebuilding to do during the year. So a lot of the money goes back into rebuilding the business. So for instance, like I mentioned earlier, needed to reestablish um, a lot of the board, a lot of the oversight of the company. We had to make sure that we had the right people in. So you have a lot of cashless loss items. Like What's options. an example of a cashless loss item on new people? Uh, option issuance. Say we need new board members. We have to issue, you know, it's to keep, to keep the talent we need 
on our governance. We we have to give them equity in the company to keep them interested and to keep them excited about what right. they're doing. And that's a, for people awesome. at home, that's a loss. And well, that's an expense, sorry, in terms of accounting, but it's not a cash loss at the end of the that's day. That's right. That's right. right. So we don't people at home should know that distinction because it happens with tech companies all the time, right? The fastest growing tech companies a lot of times report uh, losses like this because they're paying the best talent in the world in options and warrants and things like that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, this is this is something that we really, really wanted to continue to invest in and keep investing in because that talent and those people are our number one asset. Right. And as long as we keep the best people, we're going to be in, a, in really good shape. And then, you know, there's also some other things. There's some write downs that come through that have been going on throughout the years. And people familiar with the story are familiar with these already. But at the end of the day, we're in a way better cash position right now than we were, you know, reporting our uh, financials a year ago. So, you know, a year ago, 100,000 bucks. Now, just shy of 2 million. Yeah. And that's the difference between bank accounts and accounting. So, Mars, let me ask you do you have a ballpark idea of uh, without these non cash write downs, non cash expenses, uh, what the bottom line would have looked like and how it would it look like compared to last year? Yeah. So, without all of this, last year it was the, well, we'll talk about a bit. Uh, with the bit, it would have been a minus 2.1 million previous year. And this year it'll be in a minus uh, 860,000. Ah, okay. So a significant improvement you, because, because on the books right now, just if you look at net income um, or net loss, the net loss has gone up, you know, 78%. But once you remove all the non-cash expenses and write downs, it sounds like there you're going from a 2.1 to to, to 800,000. So that's a significant improvement there. Yeah, absolutely. It's about a 65% reduction, just doing quick math. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, we're continuing on that trend. So, you know, you're going to, I mentioned it earlier, but um, I'm really proud of the work that everybody did with this and, you know, going from 3.4 million in revenue to 12.4 million in revenue, making the improvements we did, establishing the business um, that we did over the past year, bringing the people in, building it up, making sure it works. It's all in place. And it's all going to continue. And I think, you know, as soon as we're able to report our Q1 numbers, everybody's going to have really, really big smiles on their faces as you're going to see the fruits of all this labor um, and how things are progressing forward. And, well, and I want to end on that. The last time we spoke was mid-March. Mid and you said that Q1 was shaping up to be the best quarter in the company's history. Uh, is, did it end up that way? Because we are end of April. I guess we got to wait till <laughs> mid-May, end of May for the uh, for the Q1 to come out. But you know, fair to say that it ended up as the best quarter ever for the company. I'm not. I am super excited about what we're going to be able to talk about in Q1. And you're right. It's coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, hopefully mid-May. Um, I don't have much control over that, as again, it's an independent auditor, so we can say hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. But they go as yeah, they it's go. typically 60 days oh. from the end of the queue. So if they, March 31st, yeah. the end of the queue, you can, 45 to 60 just depends, right? But the more successful yeah. the business is, the later results will come out. So 45 is where it comes out for Georgecom, the widget company that only has a couple of employees and a few sales and not a whole lot going on. Well, an accountant can put that together in no time and, and hit that 45 day mark. 
But if it's data matrix, uh, maybe we're going to be looking closer to 60 days, the end of May, uh, hopefully, because it sounds like you're hitting on all cylinders. Marshall, thanks so much for joining us to talk about the results. I know your shareholders deeply appreciate it, uh, that you take the time out to contextualize uh, and really provide that in between the lines kind of, uh, kind of info for, for them. Last words to you uh, before we end off. Well, George, I just want to say I'm really proud of everything we've done here over the past year uh, and the growth that we've experienced over the past year is only going to continue. And you're going to see that. And that's a promise. And when it comes in in Q1, we'll be right back here talking about this and hopefully less than a month. And we'll, you guys are going to see the fruits of what we've built over the past year, the foundation we've laid and how things are just moving forward just like that. You heard it here, folks. Make sure you tune in. Keep Data Matrix on your watch list. And if you're a shareholder, keep cheering for it. For everybody else, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Marshall Gunter, he's CEO of Data Matrix AI Limited, trades on the venture under DM for our friends in the US, DTMXF, and for our friends in Europe uh, on D4G on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. For those who are new, start your due diligence, you need help. We got it for you. Just get to the data matrix uh, hub on Agoracom. Go to the profile page because there's a lot going on here. And we know there's a lot going on here. There's AI, there's COVID, there's technology, right? We give you, I, I'm not even going to say 30,000 foot. We give you a great 10,000 foot overview of the company. So you really understand that. But then hop over to the company's website. You can see the URL. Obviously, you can do it from Agoracom. But you can see the URL right above Marshall's head there as well. Get over there, do your due diligence, do a deep dive. We know how we feel about AI, artificial intelligence. We know how we feel about social media going forward, platforms for this decade. We can't tell you how to feel. That part's up to you. Do your due diligence. Just don't say we didn't tell you so 12 months from now. Have a great day. See you next time.